A wise load planner once said trailers are like having cigarettes in prison. You need them to get anything done. Those are words to live by when I worked at a large asset-based carriers, but for most trucking companies, it's kind of hard to get access to more equipment when you need it. Fortunately, companies are creating digital equipment sharing platforms to address this issue and potentially help you make a few bucks on underutilizing assets. Can having extra equipment to loan out to others be both profitable and equitable? Well, we're going to find out in this episode of Loaded and Loaded. Welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Watson. Now, back in my days of trucking, there was always a major issue, either not enough trucks or equipment for them. And for large trucking companies, idle equipment on the back fence still needed payments, no matter how much I tried to tell the bank it was somebody else's fault. For smaller fleets, a lack of equipment could literally be a matter of life and death. For example, five-truck carrier needing a replacement tractor or trailer could see their bottom line demolished if they can't get replacement units up and running. If you had a leasing plan with a rental company, a replacement unit could be over 500 miles away. Now, for fleets with extra assets and equipment, the inverse occurs. How can I put this extra truck or trailer to work and preferably make a profit off of it? The first challenge to overcome this issue is visibility. The second one is trust. And it appears the folks at Ryder Coop have solved both of these problems by releasing a digital equipment sharing platform backed by their decades of experience renting out things, equipment of all types. Luckily, joining us now to talk about this equipment sharing revolution is John Mateus, National Sales Manager with Asset Investors at Ryder Coop. Now, earlier this year, Ryder Coop rolled out their truck and trailer sharing platform nationwide. So we're going to dive into some of the details. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the, the cigarette uh, comment, I hadn't heard that before. I, I like that. that. That stuck for sure. I used to be when I was a load planner, that was the one thing I kept telling people. If we just had more trailers and just to get anything done, you have to haggle with them. So that was my one quotable thing uh, that I am most nice. proud of. We'll refer to, I want to quote it, but I'll, I'll give you the credit for sure. It's hilarious. It's Amazing. open source. Talking about this stuff, what's the origin of Coop? Now, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that at first I thought it was like co-op, like a farmer's co-op, but it's actually right. Coop. Yeah, it's a playoff of co-op. Um, but from, uh, for marketing, I guess it, it coop just, just sticks. So it's, uh, it's coop and it was started within Ryder and still is owned and, um, ran uh, on the back end by, by Ryder. So we utilize Ryder's infrastructure, but we're our own subsidiary within Ryder running it. And it kind of started out, I think it was, was it launched in Atlanta area in 18? Right. So it kind of started in the Southeast and then now it's finally nationwide, correct? Right. So it was literally an idea within Ryder, uh, proof of concept, if you will, to see if this is something that would make sense. If it's something that on both ends of the equation from the owner side and the renter side is something that the market will absorb. And actually it took off. There were um, three employees that start off with the proof of concept in Atlanta. They're still with Coop to this day, but now we have over 100 employees in this nationwide. So that proof of concept that was for about a year turned into what I always relate to a, a monster of a solution in the good sense for the industry. 
But that was just five years ago. So it wasn't that long ago. And we've already been through like a pandemic and an equipment shortage. So right. it's, been a, it's been a wild ride. But describe for folks unfamiliar, how does this platform work? Sure. So in essence, it's a platform that connects fleet owners that have idle or additional equipment with companies looking to rent. So it's all business to business. With the platform, um, an owner, a fleet owner, or someone getting into, uh, they, maybe they bought a truck or a trailer, they got lease payments to make, they can list just like you would list an apartment, house, or room on Airbnb. And then we take care of the whole vetting process on the renter side of the equation to make sure it's legit. But the renter puts in a reservation. I say it's like booking a hotel room on booking.com or even Airbnb. And the owner gets the notification and everything else is streamlined. All the contracts are digital, payment processing, everything. So again, it's the platform that makes that connection and facilitates that transaction for both parties. I like the Airbnb comment. Is it better than Airbnb in that if I go to one, I'm not going to have to do someone else's laundry? Or are there any extra things that the owners may put in there as rider, you know, as a rider, R-I-D-E-R, to renting it? Um, we, we try to keep everything super simple. Of course, with any rentals, um, bringing it back the way that you received it or better is always the need. But I know Airbnb has the cleaning fees up front and such. So like you're talking about doing someone's laundry, cleaning out their fridge, it's not necessarily the case. It's just a matter of doing what's right, bringing back the equipment, the same state or better that, that, um, you received it. Um, so that's the Airbnb concept that we talk about in terms of platform, but there are a little, a lot of differences. The best thing about getting involved with this is that it gives people, there's a lower um, barrier of entry to get into trucking. And the truck rental industry is actually larger than vacation rentals and car rentals. It's just most people haven't thought about that, right? So like if I want to get started, I'll, I'm familiar somewhat with if you rent like uh, uh, with a rider truck, you go through some processes and filling right. it out. If I have a bunch of right. extra trucks, what do what do these folks have to do? Is it, do I just need to post it up there? Do I have to fill out some paperwork? Yeah, so for both trucks and trailers, uh, we have an onboarding team that takes you through the whole process. It's actually super quick. Got to make sure that there's a legit LLC, make sure that the equipment's registered, who owns it actually owns it. And depending if it's a power unit or a trailer, we may require just minimal insurance just to cover the, the unit and make sure everything's legit. Other than that, listing is super simple. Um, we do recommend taking some photos of the unit. People like to see what they're actually going to get. But listing is super quick. The process that takes a little bit longer is on the renter side because there's a long verification process for that. So for the verification process, do you... Like for the tractors or the trailers, do you just go based off the pictures? Do you like send somebody over? How do you want to make sure there's not like any animals or something hanging out inside? <laughs> well, that's where the reviews kick in, right? So uh, just like on most of the asset sharing platforms, there's reviews for both the owner and the renter. So we actually trust on the owner side. We verify in terms of documentation, of course, um, but. The pictures uh, is up to the owner. If they don't upload an image, it's a stock image, but that lowers the chance of it renting out. If uh, the renter shows up and there's raccoons or something in the truck or a dog, then uh, the renter will let us know and that will give us um, the time to, to look into it because it wasn't ready to be rented out, right? And that's where we keep going back to the Airbnb concept. The renter expects 
the the apartment or the house or it's a room to be ready upon arrival. And it's the same thing for the truck, but we put that responsibility on the owner to make sure that it's ready to go. While we do everything else, the owner's responsible to make sure it's road ready. So I'm kind of curious about that because that kind of opens a lot of doors for me thinking about not only your reviews, but so if I have much cleaner equipment and I'm renting this stuff out and get good reviews, can I charge more or is it kind of standardized based on, you know, dimensions and time right. and class? Yeah. So actually the owners are in charge of the rates. So the owners have, they're in charge of the availability and the rates. So we do have something that we developed called the Coop Smart Rate, which takes into several factors, analytics, um, make, model, year, market, plus our insight. And it gives you a recommendation, right? But an owner can say, hey, I want to be aggressive. And I see so-and-so listing it for 150. I'm going to do 145. Or someone can say, you know, I need more for whatever reason. I'm going to list it for more. But at that point, it's an open marketplace. So the renter has options. Um, if they're going by price, if they're going by the year, it really just varies. Uh, we try to assist with that marketing aspect because it does no one any good when the unit's sitting, right? So um, we have found out that if someone lists at our suggested rate or less, there's a 60% higher chance of it being rented out. But ultimately, like you just said, you can list it higher or lower than what we suggest. That's up to you. You still have the control. Is there any data and analytics involved in figuring out where to position these rentals? Like, is this something where folks are renting out their trucks, expect them to stay in an area? Or is this something where you can theoretically nudge folks to move rented equipment into a market? Yeah. So um, for the most part, I'll, I'll answer that a few different ways. We suggest to have the pickup and the drop-off be at the same location, right? That location can be in a different city or a different market like you just mentioned, depending on if there's a support there in order to get that rental out properly because someone still needs to meet with the renter. But let's say it's a company that's in a few states. If, If through conversing with us and through our demand, we realize that there's a higher demand for their specific dry van trailers in Louisiana than it is in Texas, then transferring over to Louisiana, depending on the rental demand, is actually common. And then from there, the asset needs to be managed by the owner, though. Uh, so that's what I'm curious as well. Uh, as Ryder, as, right. with Coop, is it more of like the third-party platform? Do you help out in terms of like maintenance, go. tires, maybe a rider's shops nearby can help fix it up? Yeah, they can utilize it for sure. So we offer to both parties, which is extremely convenient, is 24-7 roadside assistance. And of course, they're able to utilize rider shops. But the, the owner of the equipment, they can take it to their friend's shop or if they have a contract with someone else, it could go there as well. So the rider infrastructure is there to be utilized, but the owner still makes a decision on their equipment. It's just think of Coop as that third-party platform. We don't manage the asset, but we can assist with managing that asset. You know what I mean? Yeah, we just uh, don't physically manage it. Because you wouldn't want, yeah, they want to still feel like it's their tractor and trailer and it's not like... Yeah, and the decisions are theirs. Right. Right. And the decisions are, are, are theirs in the end, because in the end, they are the owners of the assets. We're just facilitating this business concept for them. 
So it's also kind of like Tinder for trailers because if somebody bothers me and I have a very attractive trailer, does that mean basically I can post a lot of pictures on it, have really good reviews, so I got a nice profile, and then I get to pick and choose whoever gets to use it? Yeah, you make the decision so you can approve or deny reservations for whatever reason. Let's say um, the terms weren't as long as you wanted it or you didn't like the renter for whatever reason or you weren't available, you were on a vacation, nobody could turn the unit in you still approve or deny reservations and you can actually do it from your phone. What we don't have is the whole swipe feature, right? Um, but maybe that's something we can we can plug in. But there is a bio, so you can talk about your equipment to, to make it more attractive. I want to see the bio for the trailer. I grew up in 2008 at a Wabash factory. <laughs> I'm studying, uh, you know, uh, swing door materials handling. I think that could potentially be a, a lucrative thing. I want to go to partnerships Probably. as well. Like, um, so you've got this platform. You've got a lot of folks who are contributing equipment. What are kind of the right. next steps? Because I feel like a 5,000 truck fleet, if I was an executive, I'd say, bro, I've got like 100 of these parked on the fence. Can we sure. like divvy these out? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's as simple as having that conversation. Um, of course, we go through just like the questions that, that you're asking as well, but we go through insurance, what if scenarios when it terms to liability and everything. But if it's a large fleet or a small fleet, it's just a matter of having that first conversation, showing them how it works, how seamless it is. And uh, you said it in the beginning, you talked about trust, right? Um, the beauty of it is that it's backed by Ryder. So it's not just uh, John out of his garage that started this idea, which you know uh, would have been great. But it's backed by writers. So that trust factor is there. It's just a matter of trusting the concept. But the owner has control over a lot of factors that that enables them to still make decisions. We're not just taking the unit and putting it wherever we want, right? I got a far out question, a little left field, but I'm think I have the wheels okay. turning here. Private equity and other investments. Let's say I'm having sure. trouble because houses are a lot more expensive. I, if I want to get into trailers, I'm assuming I could buy some right. trailers and then utilize like the coop platform rent them out to people and use that as like a vehicle of creating profit yeah exactly and so we have a division within coop it's a colleague in my that that run it it's called asset investors so it could be venture capitalists um silicon valley entrepreneurs starting off with one it could be existing private fleets wanting to buy more but again, we're lowering that barrier of entry into trucking. You're just getting into truck rentals. So in terms of passive, it's not 100% passive because there's some decisions to be made. But thankfully, they're very simple decisions. We run through the whole investment exercise, ask all the questions and answer all the questions as well in order to see if a dry van or a reefer or a day cab or a sleeper or a chassis trailer makes more sense for that investor's strategy. So we've actually been dealing with a lot of real estate investors because essentially this is property is just depreciating instead of appreciating, though there's a lot of benefits to that. And it's property on wheels is what we say. But it's not too different than property management in real estate. That's what's kind of making me think about if you're if you have a large enough fleet, you could theoretically use renting them out whenever you have situations right. where you have excess equipment. Could that also right. work to where I pay someone to rent my trailer and move it for me? Kind of like, uh, and then they double dip and use it. I've done that before in trucking. It's just, it took a lot more work. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot more work. So in, in the end, like like we always say, the platform is able to be utilized uh, several different ways. 
um, the renters, uh, let's say we're dealing with brokerages that, that do that to where they can move trailers and it takes a load and then they double dip. Everyone makes money. There's different ways to utilize it. Um, that's more of that one way concept that you're talking about. It's been done. Um, there's some opportunities on the platform right now for it, but, uh, we just provide that protection and infrastructure in order to do those types of deals. So it's possible. Yeah. There's, there's tons of way to utilize this platform. Short-term, mid-term, long-term, different ways. What's been some of the feedback from like investors and potentially private fleece? Has that started getting a lot of interest uh, or is it something that it just takes a little more time? I know with crypto recently having some trouble, I may invest in trades. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it's more of a secure uh, market, I would say. Um, yeah, the, the feedback has been very interesting. Um, again, they're comparing usually to other investment opportunities. But again, because the trucking industry, it's not necessarily recession proof. It goes through cycles, as we all know, um, and all we're sensing now. But I mean, the pandemic's a fine example. It didn't stop. It's not like vacation rentals. You know what I mean? So the investors find security in that aspect of it. And the feedback has been extremely positive. There's a learning curve, a small learning curve, because we run the business for the investor. So we're not just telling you, hey, go buy these trailers and good luck to you. Here's your login. We actually have a support team. We have the claims team, roadside team, sales team, accounts team. Everybody's working with you in order to get this unit out and get make it seamless as possible. That's what so I'm investors thinking of. Have their yeah. That's what I'm wondering about. Like, imagine I'm private equity. I, I love this concept. So if I put like $2 million, I partner with Coop. That's where you right. all will help me pick the best trailers. And then if I need to right. let go of a few trailers, it's like managing a bit of capital. And then you use that to help with the equipment, right? To make growth. Right. Right. Exactly. So if you came and said, um, hey, I want to buy 20 sleepers. Uh, one question we're going to ask, of course, is why? And what's your comfort level, right? Maybe the opportunity isn't in sleepers. Maybe it's in dry vans or reefer trailers. So Having those conversations and understanding um, the strategy behind the investor is very, very critical because obviously if someone shows up with 20 sleepers, they still have to, they're responsible for the upkeep of it. So you got to be very comfortable, have something set up that way. But if you could actually take that money and put it into dry van trailers, which is a simpler piece of equipment, and typically the rentals are a longer time, then why not do it that way? So what I relate to quite a bit is if you had a condo in downtown Miami, if you had a beach house, and if you had a single family home in the suburbs, the rental behavior is all different. So which one do you want to buy and, and for what reasons? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's uh, how the different equipments kind of relate as well. They're not the same by any means. That's what I was curious about. If there was a you know, dry van reefer, open deck, has there been something where you're seeing a predominant amount of one equipment type? Or is it something where folks are getting creative and like drop down gooseneck or something like that? Dry van trailers and reefer trailers, I would say, are the most standard um, in terms of the rental game. Now, of course, we do have uh, flatbed opportunities at times. Um, some people are listing car haulers, uh, pneumatic trailers. So it's been interesting to see what, what equipment people are wanting to list due to that idle time, right? Whether they're investors or whether they're an existing private fleet or equipment broker or their dad has one for whatever reason. Um, but for the most part, I would say the bulk on the trailer side would be reefers and dry vans. 
though we are very specialized as well. And that's what helps that we come within and from Ryder is on the class A heavy duty trucks. So it just depends on the comfort level of the uh, owner. If it's an existing private fleet, they have their own shop. They probably have a huge advantage of doing trucks. You know what I mean? Well, I think there's something really interesting that, um, the data. So not only does Ryder rent out the equipment, you also have the class eight equipment rentals, but with Coop, does that kind of give you an opportunity with another window to see if I'm getting more people interested in loaning out their dry vans for this amount of duration, could I theoretically predict how the freight market is going? Or if I suddenly see a trend in reefer in Florida, does that mean that produce season is starting? Is there an opportunity as well on a data side as you're working on, you know, the, the equipment moving side? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge opportunity with that. Now, the thing is, in some markets, we've been a little bit longer than others. And so uh, usually, you know, two years of data is sufficient. Three years is good. Um, So the data is still being collected. And it's been interesting because, you know, there's the demand, but you can't rent out what you don't have. And since we don't own the equipment, some of that data could be skewed, but that demand is very, very critical to keep track of. That's why I'm kind of because curious. someone can want a hundred reefers, uh, but Coop doesn't have it because Thomas Logistics doesn't have it. You know what I mean? But that demand was still generated, so the data we're compiling, but we're still in the early phases in some in some markets. See, I feel like if I was an investor, I could use that, and you'd say, "Man, I'm getting all this demand for dry vans, and I know the market is crashing on these, you know, used trailers by X amount." And then suddenly, equity right. can come in and buy like a hundred extra, and say, "Oh, let me just, you know, put this in my fund and take it." You know, it's almost like a way for the market to fulfill this need while also right. chasing yield. Yeah, we're actually doing that. Um, I, I don't want to give the specifics out necessarily. <laughs> But we're actually doing that in some markets with some specific equipment. So there's a huge need in some markets uh, offline. I, I, I can talk to you. Uh, but there's a huge need in some markets. And we're actually able to take care of those needs through transferring equipment, depending on the terms, but transferring the equipment from other markets and filling that gap and taking care of the renter and keeping those businesses running. So, I mean, we talk a lot about Coop and what Coop does, but in the end, it's a solution for sure on the owner side, which we've talked quite a bit about, um, whether they need to make their lease payments, cover them, whether they're wanting to make money or they have idle equipment for whatever reason. But on the renter side, there's a huge solution, obviously, for them to keep their business running while other leasing or rental companies don't have what they need. But again, Thomas Logistics happens to have it and a very large national cover happens to need it. So that solution is is uh, what drives Coop, obviously. And looking forward, kind of thinking future thoughts, you know, you all are nationwide, you're going expanding. You sure. know, regardless of the macro outlook, uh, are you guys predicting there'll be a lot more demand based on how equipment is going? Or what are, what are some of your thoughts looking forward? Because it feels to me like this is, it's got an underserved need regardless of market conditions. Yeah, yeah. The the need um, it hasn't decreased. Uh, it, it's just because of the new concept. It's given them a new opportunity to get what they need, right? In, in terms of the renter side, so market's going to do what it does. Maybe the renter demographics changes. Maybe the markets change, just like you were talking about. Maybe we shift it from Dallas to Houston or something like that. But the flexibility is what actually makes this work extremely well. 
And because the owners are the owners of the assets, um, their decisions and their flexibility actually allows us to get into certain markets um, strategically, if that makes sense as well. So the market's going to do what it does, but we're able to adapt. And like you were talking about, we're able to look at data from Rider and market data, and we're able to adapt at the same time while we prepare the supply and the demand to satisfy it. Thank you so much, John. Final thoughts, 30 seconds left. If folks want to reach out and learn more, how can they get in contact? Yeah, of course. So first thing, go to coop.com, C-O-O-P.com. We're very active on social media as well. And if you want to reach out to me, it's John underscore M-A-T-H at writer.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Happy to have any conversations. Perfect, John. We're going to have to have you on the show as well as you all do further developments. This was pretty wild. And I wish I was a private yeah. equities investor because there's gold in their hill, sir. Yeah, we'll just take out the crypto money and let's go get some trailers. <laughs> I'll make a few calls. Thank you so much, sir. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care. That's going to be a wrap for the show today, but definitely check out John and his team, team at Coop. It is really fascinating. I think there's a huge opportunity here that is not being examined. That's going to be it for Loaded and Rolling, but we do have a newsletter every Wednesday and Saturday, Wednesday night, Saturday morning, and you can catch us uh, next week as well at 1 p.m. Eastern. Join us next time, though. This is Thomas Watson. We'll do it live.